Folks, I'm here with uh, Michael Householder. And Michael, what is the name of your organization? Global Church Growth Discipling Ministries. And we are at the International Conference on Mission. Um, and Mike uh, is an old-time friend. We've been uh, friends since uh, 19, 78. 1978. Right. And uh, Mike has been for the since the 90s. What what year did you begin your ministry? Well, I started as a pastor back in 1979, but then I uh, then I went to teach in Bible college at Platte Valley. And then in 1993, my wife and I went full-time missions to Russia. And how long were you in Russia? We was in Russia for two years, Moscow, and then we moved to Poland for five years. And then she uh, contracted cancer in 2000, and we moved back to the States for her treatment. And since 2000, been 16 years now, I've been traveling around internationally, uh, training churches. And uh, the idea behind your training is what uh, I think that it has a kind of a different theological understanding. And so I, I, what I said to Mike, I'd just like to ask him some basic questions. Uh, and I think that what we might expect uh, to, as answers that uh, uh, may reflect then the, the, the difference that he's bringing to it. So for example... If I asked you a question, what is a Christian, or how does one become a Christian, how would you answer that? Well, the first thing, the, the word Christian uh, has been a word that has many times been misused across the, uh, the world. Uh, you can be a Christian as versed to uh, not being a Muslim or an atheist. And so the word Christian can be misused and abused and has been over the years. Uh, Christians weren't called believers and, and the followers of Jesus wasn't called Christians till uh, a few years later. And so uh, you ask the question, how do you become a Christian? How do you become that? Well, my, uh, my whole premise is that you don't ask people to receive or accept Jesus. But other, in other words, you ask them to follow Jesus as a disciple. It's more declarative. It's more definite in what they're doing it's a process instead of a one-time event and so uh, describe for us then how does this relate uh, to the training that you do for churches well what i do is train churches first to understand that they're calling people to discipleship they're calling people to become disciples and not just to receive jesus not to accept jesus and what that does if you use that as terminology from the beginning you're calling people into a process. You're calling people into a lifelong commitment, covenant with Jesus. It's not just believing, but it's following. It's becoming like the master that you follow. And so when you say, I'm a disciple of Christ, or I'm a follower of Christ, that that's more than just, I'm a Christian. Mm-hmm. So even like a question like, uh, what does it mean to be saved? Uh, how would you answer that? Well, what I would say is that uh, to be, God is looking for us to have a relationship with Him. Adam and Eve broke the relationship we see in Genesis, and that relationship that was broken put an enmity between them and for us forever. Those who sin then breaks the relationship uh, with God, and so God sent Jesus 
to develop a relationship, to offer a relationship with us. He first began that with the disciples. Uh, he, he asked for relationships. He told Zacchaeus, come down, I'm coming to your house. Peter and John, James, come, follow me. So to follow, you have to have a relationship. You have to be in relationship. And so uh, I try to train churches to start at that level and that everyone in the church uh, go through the material that I've developed to help them become disciples, make a new commitment. I have asked 4,600 people the question, when you became a believer in Jesus Christ, was there a person who took you in your first year and discipled you, told you, and trained you in spiritual disciplines, was there to help you come out of the world, was there to help you when you, when you fell, uh, was there to, to disciple and mentor and apprentice you. Out of 4,600 people, I've had 108 people raise their hands. Uh, the uh. church is not discipling. The church is baptizing and leaving them to, on their own. And the end result is, I suppose, you get a kind of perverse uh, view of what Christianity is. Well, Christianity, one added, one idea of Christianity is that uh, one theology is once saved, always say, you say I'm a believer, you say I, uh, and then the belief is, you know, I can't be, you know, I can't walk away, I can't lose my salvation. And again, it all goes back to relationship. God wants a lifelong relationship. You see, He receives us. He accepts us when we follow Him, not the other way around. And so that's an important point that I try to stress in the churches, uh, is to ask people. What you ask people to commit to in the beginning will determine how they live out their Christian life. If it's just receiving Jesus, they do that, they get baptized, they got their ticket to, to heaven. Mm-hmm. But if they are asked to follow Jesus, it's a total different covenant commitment, a process. And you follow that up with a person who's going to disciple them. Uh, well, let me just give you an example. When I started this system back in 1979, I went to a church of 30 in central Indiana, baptized 60 the first year, started discipling them. And at the end of five years, all 60 of those people were still in the church. Mm-hmm. To me, that's church growth. To me, that's, uh, that's discipleship. That's what it's all about. And maybe that's key. That you're, you're using a, a word there, growth. But your point is not so much numerical as I'm hearing you, but your idea is, well, no, actually, growth has the idea of a lifelong commitment and an, and an idea of an individual growing. Yes, well, you, any of you that are listening to this and you are uh, believers, hope, hopefully you'll become disciples, disciples. But you look at the day you became a Christian and you look at the day now, uh, where have you grown? What have you grown in? If it's not an upward trek, if it's not an upward motion, and you stayed the same, your your commitment level, your education level, your uh, your growth level, your spiritual maturity level, if it's the same, that's lukewarm. Jesus spews you out of your mouth. He throws up because you have not changed. You've not become like him. And Christianity is about change. Repentance is a word that we use in Christianity. And it's all about change. It's what repentance means. Turn around and go in a different direction. And we don't ask people, we don't expect people to turn around and go in a different direction. We expect them just to say these words or make these statements, get baptized or whatever your entrance into the church is. And uh, that's it. You're in. You're okay. But you, you... you get away from this concept of relationship. It's a relationship horizontally, vertically. We have a relationship with each other. 
and with Christ. And so both of those together is the fellowship. That also keeps people in church. When you have someone that you're going to be in fellowship with, someone that's going to be there for you and you're going to be there for them, it's community. It's not I-oriented oriented the church, but we-oriented. Uh, and so with the model that I believe is New Testament that God has given me and I've developed over the years, uh, it is a holistic model of church growth, which includes evangelism, discipleship, shepherding, which is the glue, leadership development, which is leaders are developed from being leaders, being teachers, not being appointed or voted on uh, giftedness, personality. Again, what is our personality? How is God's changing our personality? Uh, how do we look as a Christian? So we learn all that in this system and then learn your giftedness, what the Spirit of God has given you because you are a baptized believer. Uh-huh. And from that, you have community in the church, and the church grows. Well, then, uh, let me ask you, uh, a church that has uh, modeled what you're describing, how would it look different than the typical church that we're familiar with? Well, number one, everyone is participating. You want everyone. Uh, in a typical church, you have it's preacher-oriented. The preacher does everything. The preacher does all the calling. The preacher does all the teaching, all the preaching. And it's focused on him, the pastor you know, kind of concept. and mm-hmm. So this type of church is a biblical church where everyone is participating. Everyone is using their gift at some capacity as a community working together. Uh, you'll see shepherding going on where you'll have family groups, you'll have family meetings, and, you know, to, to develop that community that, that we see from house to house that we see in the New Testament. So you're, you're going to see that type of thing. It's not, you're not going to see the back of people's heads. You're going to see the, you know, in small groups of, uh, I suggest men with men, four men with, in a group, and four women, and they work together and they grow together. They have accountability and community, and mm-hmm. and, that, and that's where the growth, a lot of the growth happens. So, uh, you're going to see more people doing things in the church, uh, and, and involving everyone, so that people aren't spectators, but they are involved in, as team members mm-hmm. in their giftedness. Well, would a Sunday morning look different? Well, Sunday mornings, uh, again, is, uh, you know, Sunday mornings kind of like the icing on the cake. Uh, what I try to provide is the cake. The cake has making disciples. Cake is discipleship. The cake is uh, leadership development, uh, shepherding, giftedness, personality development. That's the cake. Uh, worship service is the icing that goes on the cake. And if all you have is icing and have nothing underneath uh, to put it in, you've got a bunch of fluff. And so... You, a church can grow with an exciting minister or a charismatic minister or a charismatic music thing. They can grow uh, in numbers but not in depth mm-hmm. without the discipleship, without the community respects. So, uh, you know, you, you would probably see more um, friendliness. You'll probably see more interaction as a visitor comes in, interact with that visitor. Um, you, you take that visitor, you find out where they live, and then... Uh, you'll have family leaders and where they live because the family le- the family ba- is based in regions of the community and so you'll find out where that person lives and connect them immediately to someone in that family and then that family member will follow up with them and invite them to uh, get together and stuff and so so you're going to see more interactive uh, worship services as well it's got to be good got to be quality uh, God wants that uh, but the type of music let's just say a little bit about that you know the style of music uh you can go to five churches on a corner well there's probably four churches on a corner but anyway uh it's unless you have an octoline uh 
uh, corner. But anyway, so you got four churches, and they all have four different music styles, and they all have full houses. They all have people in there because that, that, that attracts their personality type and stuff like that. So there's no music that's bad as long as it's coming from the heart. And uh, so that's an important thing. Uh, you are yourself a musician. You want to talk a little bit about what you're doing musically? Yes, well, uh, probably one of the entrance, entrance songs may be uh, songs. Uh, I wrote an album in uh, Russia with, uh, I, I write the words and I find people around the world to, uh, to pair up and to partner with for the music. So I got another album, my third album, which I've written with people all over the world as I travel and do the mission training. <clears throat> and right now I'm working with uh, a man who's a three-time Grammy winner, used to be the piano player for the Gaithers, J.D. Miller. And we're working on a Christmas album and some other music as well. Uh, the Hush to Holly Hill, uh, it's a new new concept, I think you'll, but it talks about the hush around the baby child must have been so dear. The holly and its thorns makes things so clear. But it's the, it's, it's the hill, uh, you know, the hush, the holly, and the hill. So you put all those together and you see that, uh, you know, the story of Jesus. So I hope you enjoy that song as you're listening to it. But, uh, uh, but yeah, uh, I play drums, and that's very hard to, to accompany myself with. So mainly I write the words and, and try to do as good a singing as I can. Okay, and uh, uh, in you're doing the uh, ministry, you're doing the music. Mike, has, uh, you speak Russian. I've learned Russian. I, I still got a little bit of it. I've tried to learn Polish. Still, still can communicate a little bit. Now I'm working on uh, Spanish, Espanol. Yo aprendí Espanol ahora. What you're using uh, in? Uh, can we talk about your work in Cuba that you're doing? Uh, well, I've been going to Cuba, Cuba for the past five years, every six months, uh, and been. Uh, uh, meeting with the, the preachers and uh, the leaders and the families and Cuban people and especially my last trip I was blessed to have a religious visa so I was able to really meet with the churches and do a lot of training and teaching and the Lord's blessed there's over I started off three years ago five years ago with uh, three churches one of them has grown from 19 to 98 almost 100 people right now and there's over 100 churches that are uh, going through the system, the church growth system, uh, and soon to be, probably by the end of this next year, there'll probably be over 400 churches. Uh, just got back from Myanmar, uh, trained 65 pastors, te- preachers, uh, 120 students. They all got excited, and every single one in every single place uh, said the same thing, that they'd never heard or seen material or refreshing biblical system that I brought to them there. And so it's exciting what I think is going to happen in Myanmar here in the near future. So if we wanted to either get your material or have you come and speak, how would we do that? You can go on uh, globalchurchgrowth.org. We have a new website that's up. You can donate there if you want to uh, adopt a language, help us uh, translate. Uh, Most of my my first two books are already going into 13 different languages. Uh, So you can uh, contact us that way. and uh, you can purchase most of the books, The Walking Discipleship, the textbook, uh, Church Growth System, uh, some of the Spanish material. 
uh, on Amazon. Uh, you can get it cheaper through me if you contact me. I'll, um, but uh, you can get some of our books on Amazon. The first two books that uh, I start the training with uh, only goes through the, through us, so you have to contact me for that. And we're willing to come to your church and uh, train your church in the system. And uh, I continue to do follow-up with you. I don't leave you by yourself. And so globalchurch.org is the place to start. And we just contact me, and we can get together and talk about, I'll ask you questions, what's happening. All right. Well, I appreciate you. appreciate your time, Mike. And uh, let, uh, we'll, uh, I think we'll pay down here with one of your sons. Merry Christmas. We need to give Give them some hope So no more will stray